It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for a Tuesday edition of our podcast. Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a great holiday and good health and fellowship with friends and family and loved ones. And you are forgiven if you are among the roughly 100% of us who did not follow politics all that closely over the holidays and for good reason. I mean, there are lots of things going on, lots of bowl games to watch, lots of bad calls and NFL games to complain about. So... It is eminently understandable if you missed the study indicating 96% of reporters and journalists are not conservative or Republican. 96%. The study from Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communications tells us that a mere 3.4% of American journalists identify as Republican. And I know what you're wondering. I know what you're thinking. I can hear it. I can feel it right now. What you're thinking? 3.4%, that's higher than what I thought. It's pretty pathetic. You must concede that in a 50-50 country, less than 4% of the so-called referees or so-called umpires or so-called truth seekers or whatever the heck, And I better say heck, because it's too early in the new year to break the resolution I made to my wife and my mom. So whatever the heck the media calls itself this year. Can you imagine if 96% of the referees for the Alabama-Auburn football game went to Auburn? Can you imagine if 96% of the referees in the Dallas-Washington football game pulled for Washington? I mean, I'd hate to be on the 4% side of a 96-4 to split. And to be fair, which is sort of my point... 96% of the reporters or media personalities or journalists or whatever they call themselves aren't necessarily Democrats. I'm not saying that. They may be independents, maybe. I mean, what the study said is less than four, 3.4% are Republican. Now, what are the other 96 point whatever percent? They may be independents. I mean, maybe they would tell us they're agnostic. Maybe they would tell us they're really not political at all. And I mean, I I had some when I was up there in D.C. tell me that that they're politically indifferent. So let's analyze that a little bit. I mean, I I think at least I can rule out the agnostic indifferent argument. I don't think someone who doesn't care about politics would write about politics. I don't think someone who doesn't care about public policy would devote his or her life to covering politics. Public policy. I really don't think someone whose life desire is to work at a veterinarian's office is going to go work for the Hill. I don't think someone whose like life goal is to run a Starbucks is going to go be a reporter and cover Congress for the Washington Post. So I don't buy the agnostic, indifferent argument. So that 
Although the inquiry is not over yet, because that leaves us with a much more fascinating conversation about whether a conservative writer can be fair to a liberal or write fairly about a liberal cause. Can a liberal writer be fair to a Republican senator with whom he or she disagrees on most things? So is it possible? Yes, I know it's possible. I mean, it is possible for people to be tough on their friends and fair to their enemies. I have seen people who were barely, barely qualified in death penalty cases. And when I say barely qualified, you must be able to give both life and death to serve on a death penalty jury. So they're going to put you in a jury box and they're going to ask you and the judge is going to ask you and then the lawyers are going to ask you, can you give both life and death? Depending on the facts, are you capable, if you think the facts are bad enough, of voting for death? And are you capable, if you think the facts warrant it, or there's enough mitigation, of voting for life? So if you're anti-death penalty, you cannot serve. If you're an eye for an eye, take a life, lose a life kind of person, you cannot serve on a jury. To serve on the jury in a capital case, you must be able to give life or death, or life and death, depending on the facts and what happens at trial. And I saw firsthand, I saw it actually a lot, people struggle mightily with whether, in fact, they could sentence someone to death. It's no longer an academic argument. They are being board-ired for service on a death penalty case. So it's not like some classroom thought experiment. They're really being asked to serve on the jury. And they struggled with it. But in the end, those who said that they could, they could, they did meet the qualifications, they could. And they were seated on the jury, did exactly what they said they would do, which is be fair. So I've seen it. People set aside their personal beliefs and honored the oath they took. I've seen judges. I've seen judges. I have judges who are friends of mine who rule against themselves in essence. They rule a certain way, even though they wish to high heavens, they did not have to. But I got to be honest with you, friends, those people are rare. People who can do what those death penalty jurors did and people who can do what those judges do and did are rare because it requires character and integrity and a belief in something more than just your own opinion. There are reporters, I can name a few, a few, if you held a gun to my head, who did a really good job of keeping their private political beliefs out of what they did. I can name a couple at Politico, one even at the New York Times, one at The Hill, even though she left The Hill, who, to me, tried really, really hard to separate what they thought and felt and believed from what they wrote. But speaking of 4%, I mean, it's kind of sad that I have to sit here and think, and I have to put a proverbial gun to my head to be able to name those that I thought made a real effort of being fair. The vast majority of the reporters I encountered were just Democrats who couldn't get elected to office. So they decided to write instead of vote. They wrote because they couldn't vote. That's what they were. So one reason for that, aside from just human nature in general, 
is there's no incentive to me, I don't think, anymore left to be fair. There's like no incentive to set aside your personal beliefs. These jurors took an oath. They swore an oath to tell the truth to the judge. So when they were asked what their thoughts and feelings and beliefs on the death penalty were, they, in my judgment, told the truth. Judges take an oath. Judges take an oath to follow the law. Even if the law takes you place you don't want to go. Reporters don't take an oath. We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy podcast. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. There really is no incentive, aside from your own personal integrity, left to be fair. Conservative people read their magazines and their papers and they watch their shows and they want to hear affirmation. They want to be told that they're right, that they're correct. And there are conservative media folks who say one thing publicly to sell their shows or papers or podcasts, and they write something else or say something else or believe something else privately. And that kind of gets to be your point. It's kind of hard to tell those people what they actually really believe when they say stuff publicly and they write the exact opposite privately. I mean, we know or we should know like not to trust them, but we don't know what they really believe. Liberal people want to be affirmed, so they read the New York Times, the Washington Post, Bloomberg, AP, and in the interest of my declining lifespan, I'll not name them all because it's the overwhelming majority of the media publications that do not lean right. Lots of folks today don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be told there's a better way. They don't want to be told there are more facts out there. Maybe this area is gray. They want affirmation. They want validation. And the media, which is simply just another business now, accommodates them. Here, let's do this. Can you name a single conservative writer or editorialist at the Washington Post? I mean, just one. Their so-called token conservative or Republican wouldn't get two votes in a Republican primary. She wouldn't get two votes in a Republican primary in like a northeastern state. She wouldn't get any vote beyond her own in a southern Republican primary. She can't name a single living Republican that she actually likes. She hates Trump. And a lot of people like act like this started with Trump. It did not start with him. She didn't like McCain. She didn't like Romney. She didn't like Paul Ryan. She didn't like any Republicans. So the Republican Party or the conservative voice at the Washington Post is allegedly covered <laughs> and written about and opined about by someone who is not even a Republican. What about the New York Times? You know, the last GOP nominee they thought worthy of leading the country was Dwight David Eisenhower. Think about that. Ronald Reagan swept everything, everything except the District of Columbia and Minnesota, which was the home state of his opponent. And he almost won that. So Ronald Reagan came closer to winning a blue state where his opponent lived and the state he represented he came closer to winning that than he came to getting the endorsement of the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, oh, my Lord. Think about that. 
Ronald Reagan came closer to winning the backyard of his opponent than he came to winning the editorial board of the New York Times. I mean, the New York Times got rid of a guy for publishing an op-ed written by Tommy Cotton, a Republican senator from Arkansas who graduated Harvard and wore the uniform of our military. And whether you agree or disagree with his op-ed, I mean, who cares? He's a United States senator. He decided to publish the editorial, and that guy got sacked. And now I read editorials in the New York Times literally written by Hamas sycophants, groups that cut the heads off of children and use rape as a weapon of war. But but those people aren't, they're not fired. So when I was in D.C., I cannot recall a single, even quasi-scrutinizing word, like quasi-scrutinizing word, written or uttered about Adam Schiff or the late Elijah Cummings or Nancy Pelosi or really any Democrat leader. The political reporter who covered Adam Schiff and allegedly national security wrote, Nothing even remotely discriminating about him. Not a single word. Not a single negative word. And if you, here, let me, let's do this then. You think I'm wrong? Go find one. Go find a single negative thing Natasha Bertrand wrote about Adam Schiff. And then, and then when you fail at that, go find a single decent thing she wrote about Devin Nunes. So the alleged, and of course, she's no longer there now. She does what I do. I'm on Fox. She's on CNN. That's my whole point. I don't think anyone was like terribly surprised that a Republican congressman will wind up going to work for Fox. I'm not the one that says I speak truth to power, that I'm a referee, that I'm an umpire. That That's like Politico says they're supposed to be fair. And of course, now she goes and works for a left-leaning television station, but she didn't become left-leaning. She was always left-leaning. And that was reflected in the fact that she couldn't think of a single solitary negative thing to ever write about Adam Schiff, and she couldn't think of a single solitary positive thing to ever write about Devin Nunes. My point is they're not reporters. They're business people. They're activist investors. They get leaks from Democrats in exchange for writing positive stories about Democrats. By the way, that Former political reporter also, quote, here, I'll use the jargon they like to use, broke the story of 50 intelligence officials claiming the Hunter Biden email was Russian propaganda. <laughs> now, of course, it wasn't. I'm not sure how you win an award for saying the earth is flat when it's not, but she did. Liberals won awards for writing about Russian collusion with Trump with the notable exception that there was no Russian collusion with Trump. Yes, there are Republicans who leak to conservative TV commentators in exchange for positive coverage or more likely to make sure their Republican enemies get their comeuppance. It's a smaller field because there are fewer reporters to choose from. But yes, I had colleagues who could not wait to rat out their fellow Republicans. And reporters are more than willing to accommodate it because the media is a business, like selling ice cream or cell phone packages is a business. And for the most part, the business is not fairness. It's validation. 96% of the people picking which stories are newsworthy are not Republican. 96% of the people writing those stories are not Republican. 90% of the people allegedly doing oversight and speaking truth to power don't want one power, don't want one party to be in power. So 
Is there a market for fairness? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Do we really want someone we respect even if we disagree with that person? I mean, it's hard to know when 96% of the people writing the stories agree on the ending. And they get to pick the stories. And that's the other thing that sometimes gets lost. It's not just what they write. It is what they choose to write about and what they choose to not write about. I mean, you see a glaring example this week. Secretary of Defense was apparently in ICU and nobody knew about it. I mean, like the, the top military official for the country was in ICU and nobody knew about it. How long do you think that story will last? I mean, you think they're really going to follow up? They're going to demand answers? I mean, I, 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 doubt, I, I doubt anybody cares. I mean, they got their feelings hurt because, because nobody leaked it to one of them. But in terms of like actively scrutinizing a, a Democrat appointee, a Biden appointee, a Secretary of Defense, no, that's, that, that's not going to happen. So they get to choose the stories. They get to choose their sources. They choose what to not write about. Yeah, I'm glad we have a free press. I just, I just wish it was a fair one. It is hard to be objective about oneself, which is why so few people are. But for a group who claims to speak truth to power and claims democracy dies without it and all the other little self-aggrandizing slogans that these papers and magazines have, Americans have an incredibly low opinion of the media. In fact, Americans view the media as a threat to democracy. And the media's response is to stack the playing field where only 4% of the reporters and journalists wear a red jersey. So if we're looking for a New Year's resolution, I think it ought to be this. Challenge what we hear. Challenge what we read. Challenge what we listen to, including and starting with me. Challenge it. Cross-examine it. And just know while you're doing it, 96% of the so-called journalists in this country are not Republican, and you probably wouldn't put up with that in any other field. We'll see you next week. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.